0: Let's be honest, how many times have you chalked up a relationship ending to bad timing? For host Nancy and PJ Heslin, the answer is, a lot. It took living separately in Canada, the US, and France, two divorces, and 20 years for timing to work out. And when it finally did in the south of France, the couple discovered they had two different versions of their love story. We all do, right? But what if your side is not the whole story, and you have the journals to prove it? Keep listening to Nancy and PJ finally get together a podcast on love, relationships, and two lives in between.
1: This episode is brought to you by the Pan Lagos Foundation. Pan Lagos is based in New York City, and they are a nonprofit cultural organization founded on the ideals of Hellenism, dedicated to the betterment of humanity by supporting intercultural dialogue and exchange through the Hellenic language, education, and ideals, providing opportunities for the pursuit of excellence. To individuals of all ages and backgrounds. Bringing the wisdom of the past in dialogue with the present, we aim to inspire a happier, healthier humanity for today and the future.
0: Welcome to the third episode of Nancy and PJ Finally Get Together. I'm Nancy Heslin. And
1: I'm PJ Heslin.
0: This is a podcast that basically looks at two versions of every love story.
1: Our story. Our Not story. every love story. <laughs> that would be a long Long podcast series.
0: I'm not sure that would be, that would be never ending. So, when we last left off, I had decided to head off to France to do a year abroad of studying. And PJ and I had known each other about seven months at that point, but had fallen really head over heels in love. Deeply. Deeply. And we were living in Ottawa where I was going to about start third year university. And you had just started working a full time job.
1: Yes, I was working for the Department of Indian and Northern Affairs. And Ottawa, a great job, more money than I knew what to do with at the young age of, uh, how old was I, 25? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was great. Yeah.
0: So I'm sure a lot of people can identify with this, but when I decided to go to France and shared the news with a less than excited PJ, we didn't break up, but something definitely shifted in our relationship, I think, for PJ, it was probably a trust issue, or I don't—I don't really know.
1: I would say it was trust. It was more like, the, I mean, the way you proposed it was—you were really happy, which I could understand, but there was no discussion of, of "Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think?" You—you you literally just sort of said, "I'm going to France for a year," and I kind of took that as, "Oh, well, we're breaking up." And in retrospect. It was not the fact that you were going to France, but it was the fact that you you had made that decision. Whereas in all my relationships, I was the one used to making these grand, bold decisions. So in my mind, especially looking back on it, I, I'm kind of thinking, how dare you? How dare you leave me?
0: Well, it's good to know. How could you? <laughs> I'm glad I finally know after 32 years uh, what the actual <laughs> reason was for that reaction But, you know, the thing about our relationship as we looked over the the 20 years it took us to to get together finally and get married is that even though we did have, as PJ said, very deep feelings for each other, there was also life was leading us and separately into really different paths. Yeah, we're
1: both in an age where you're starting your careers or you're starting your professional lives and I wanted to do something, Nancy wanted to do something that didn't necessarily mean – we were both going to be in the same city or country. even. Yeah,
0: I mean, point. I don't really even know why I felt this passion to go to France and study. It wasn't, you know, I, as I said, I wanted to stay with PJ and we would just live apart for that year.
1: And we were both independent people that were supportive of one another. So we weren't two people, that we weren't, neither one of us was, well, I'll drop what I'm doing and I'll just go where you're going.
0: Yeah, and I've always believed that what makes a successful relationship is that two people continue to evolve reasonably at the same pace in their lives, that just because you get together doesn't mean that you don't continue to learn or to challenge yourself or do things independently and as a couple to grow. And I think it was very difficult having these, you know, life was waiting for us and this love was there. We didn't know what to do with. So after the decision to go to France, which wasn't even till the following September, We were kind of on and off again. I think our first actual official breakup came at Christmas of December 1990, just before Christmas. I had bought PJ this like human size stocking and filled it with all kinds of household things because he had moved into his own apartment. And I bought him a VCR because he's a film fanatic When I say bought, I used one of my 17 credit cards that the university library application form allowed me to apply for and was given. So I had all these credit cards and I didn't really understand, well, I understood the concept of credit, but I did get a little carried away.
1: And in 1990, a VCR was a pretty big gift.
0: It was a very big gift. And so I gave PJ all these gifts the week before Christmas because everybody was going to be going home to for me that was toronto for the holidays and he broke up with me right before christmas (laughs) but he did keep the vcr in case you're wondering and that was that he had a lovely holiday full of gifts and i went back to toronto really brokenhearted because even though the last few months had been up and down this was a definitive we're broken up and i went back and um On Boxing Day, I had gone out Boxing Day with my friends to a karaoke bar down in Chinatown in Toronto, and when I came home that night or the next morning, my mom said, Oh, PJ called you. And I sort of stared in disbelief and and picked up the phone and called him back, and he's like, Hey, just wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas. Why don't you come back to Ottawa and we'll celebrate New Year's together? I don't really even know what to say about that now that it's 32 years later because you just broke up with me.
1: Yes, I thinking back. I mean, as you remember, we were both very, very attracted to one another, but also I just I loved spending time with you. So,
0: but you and, broke up with me <laughs> yes, before Christmas. But
1: it's not like that was the the only sort of breakup. That we'd had we'd had oh, but that was the first time where lo- you
0: actually said the words yes, like we're but done. We'd You're, had, I had a lot of anymore.
1: rocky ups and downs. Sure, but that was an official breakup. So I was in my mind, I was kinda like, Okay, this is just another <laughs> little bump that we've had. Let's have a nice romantic New Year's and hang out. Now I'm sure most and- people
0: would think, well, you don't go and spend New Year's, <laughs> go leave your family early to go spend New Year's with some guy that just dumped you, but I did did go back early and my folks even drove me to Ottawa which is a four hour drive you may have noticed a pattern with my parents driving me to places I was really fortunate so I went back to Ottawa and we spent New Year's Eve together we watched um, I think we had Mexican food and then we had we watched Rosemary's Baby oh, yes. on your new brand new VCR, brand new VCR. lucky guy <laughs> if you're wondering if PJ had brought me a gift just to have for New Year's <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you have to take a guess yes or no you'd choose the latter and you would be correct
1: we were broken up What am I supposed to do?
0: Obviously, you knew what you wanted to do because you invited (laughs) me to spend the night for New Year's.
1: Yes, I should have gotten you something.
0: Yeah. Anyway, we spent that year. We weren't officially back together, and I'm not even sure we ever officially did get back together after that. But we spent the next- Yeah, we spent the next- No, I don't think so. Eight months on and off. And it it was that really, it's hard when you love somebody and you want to be with them, but you break up. What, What are you supposed to do?
1: I sort of see it as an analogy of, planets in orbital rotations when oh, here we go. you have two big bodies of mass and they get close enough together they have to orbit around each other and that's the way i kind of see our relationship is these two big bodies of mass that we're always circling around each other
0: and i was hugely insecure and I was excited about going away to France and pretended that, you know, when you look back to being in university and in your early 20s, you really think you're much more mature and have your head together than, mm. than you do, especially when I reread my journals. And, you know, every other word was PJ, I miss him. PJ's a jerk. PJ, I love him. I never want to see him again. Like I was all over the place. But over those eight months, we could not stop seeing each other. But you also had this life going on with friends you had yeah. re- reconnected with from university. Yeah, once and- again,
1: like that's... The, what you're talking about, having your own life when I, cause even though I had moved back to Ottawa to be with you, I'd gone to school in Ottawa. I had a whole group of friends there who were really just so much fun, but I was always inviting you to come along, which you did. And you really enjoyed them, but it was that sort of thing of, even though we were very much in love and our relationship was like this grown up type of love and relationship, we were still kids, so I was. We were both having fun. We both, you know, you like going out as well. You had your friends, but that doesn't help a grown up relationship if you're, you know, going out and having fun. Yeah, let's and- just
0: talk about how grown up our relationship was. I was going to a wedding in that summer. The fall, I think it was June or July that summer, and PJ. I heard I, I was asleep in my in my room. the apartment and I heard the doorbell ring and it was me I honestly don't know one two in the morning so I went to the buzzer and PJ was buzzing and he came up the three flights of stairs carrying his bike drunk I'm gonna presume he was drunk but I don't know if he rode his bike to that point I don't know but he carried his bike up the stairs and you know most people again like why did I open the door Mm. you would do the same but I was going I had a date but wait wait, but wait I had a date the next day for a wedding so that's why I say why did I let him in anyway PJ came in and honestly, again, it was one of the most memorable nights of my life. It was very romantic. There were so many- It doesn't many... sound
1: romantic, but- A <laughs> yeah, drunk was... bike,
0: uh, <laughs> two in the morning, half asleep. But there were certain elements of that night that both of us discovered in writing our book together, which we did separately. We both wrote about that night, not not realizing how much it stood out for the other person. And then the next morning, talking about our grown-up relationship and continuation, I told PJ, you know, you got to get out because I have a date coming to take me to a wedding. And he just would not leave. And he would not leave. And he, you know, I mean, it was funny at first, but then I just was going to be hugely embarrassed if this person showed up. So finally he left and I was getting ready final touches. And I'm not a big... I don't take a lot of time to get ready, but I could not find my dress shoes that I had chosen for this outfit. And I realized they were at PJ's apartment because I'd been doing a temp job and I'd left them there when I, one night, had (laughs) drunkenly knocked on his door. So with my tail between my legs, I had to call him and ask him to bring the shoes back that morning. So he did come back with my shoes and of course was there when my date arrived to take me to the wedding. So I don't
1: remember your date being there.
0: You came and then he came to pick me up. You okay. did see him. Was I
1: nice? Was I like,
0: oh, was how nice. are you?
1: Yeah, yeah. But did we pretend that I wasn't there yeah. the night before? Oh, okay. So oh, yeah, it was just like, oh,
0: yeah. I wasn't like, oh, yeah, this guy's just like I came from over last like, night. Let's oh, hi,
1: Nancy. We're <laughs> friends. Remember? <laughs> remember, like two weeks ago, just before work, you left your shoes at my place while we were having a platonic get together? Yeah, exactly. Here are your shoes, platonic friend,
0: Nancy. That's
1: nice exactly to meet your date. How it went down. Goodbye.
0: But that shows the level of our mature relationship. And as the summer went on, it was the same thing. We kind of saw each other and didn't see each other yeah. until until the inevitable, which was I was going to leave for France. And what made the timing of us leaving, because PJ was heading off to Montreal to go to grad school. I was heading to Villefranche in the, Villefranche in the south of France to do a year abroad of studies. Again, you know, we don't have mobile phones or anything. I don't even think pagers were around at that time. And the unique situation for me was that my family was moving. So PJ didn't even have their new phone number or their new address. And it was going to be a clean break finally for both of us to go our separate ways. And the on again, off again thing, in hindsight to me, could only ever work in a relationship. I don't know if you agree with this, but... You can only get back with a real love if you give yourselves time apart. And that's no contact. You need to just grow a little bit on your own and then see if it works. But trying with these times in between and trying to make it work, it's just not enough time.
1: Yeah, it was just, it was messy when we were in Ottawa because we both were young, immature. We both were doing things that were Mm -hmm. our own sort of careers or jobs or whatever it was. So. Yeah. And like we've said, the two things we wanted to do necessitated that we both were going to be in other countries. So well, we didn't even, looking back, I don't even think of expl- us explaining that to each other. Oh, we know, had was zero just,
0: communication. No, it was way. just like, you don't talk about deep. I'm attracted like to you
1: oh. and I love you, but you're not going to be here in September. So, well, and
0: the other thing in your 20s is, is, time and references of time are all just immediate oh, you don't think time about seems 5 so years long. Yeah, i mean a, a month a is like a year your
1: early 20s is yeah. and now like 10 years is goes by in a flash you know like, but but
0: happily cuz we're together pj <laughs> right?
1: no it is astounding as you get older that how quickly time goes i mean i i talk with that with friends that are in their Late 50s now. And it's just amazing the mm. difference that, that if I could go back in time and tell my young self, that's one thing I would say is just don't be in a hurry. Mm.
0: Oh, yeah. You've
1: got lots of time.
0: Yeah. And I would feel like that too. Like, don't worry. Because even if something doesn't work out this month with yeah. PJ, you know, who knows that maybe a year, five, 10 years, you can still yeah. have the things if I could that you want.
1: Go back in time and talk to us as a couple oh, boy. and just say, let her go to France. It's fine. You guys, yeah, but
0: we wouldn't have pursued our fantastic lives separately. We would have. Well, that we'll get into that. But I think we had to. It happened the way it happened. But the great thing was is that when we said goodbye at the end of August, you know, it was on good terms. It wasn't. Yeah, there was and no mal- malice. We
1: both had an agenda. We both had our own personal agendas of things to do that were exciting <laughs> and that were new. Are laughing I'm at me? I'm laughing
0: yeah, because it was a very difficult time for me to say goodbye. And what made it so fantastic was that when I went to PJ's, we were going out for our last dinner to this Italian place in Ottawa. And when he opened the door, he was bald. He had shaved all his hair, but he hadn't warned me. So I again, I still can remember opening the apartment door and, you, and just sort of standing there.
1: Nobody can see this, but even at the age of 58, I have a fantastic head of hair, <laughs> not a gray hair in it. Yeah. I had beautiful still do have beautiful luxurious hair. But it was so it, it was,
0: made it made the night much easier. But why did why had you shaved your Oh god, once again bed? just being
1: dumb and stupid. No, cuz that group of friends that I had from from university, you know, we were all having fun and living. So I was of course going off to to Montreal to go to grad school. So we had a big party. They gave me a big send-off. And we had to do something to mark this momentous occasion that I was leaving. And I don't know who came up with it, but... Were there drinks involved? Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know who came up with it or who said, but something about my head should be shaved was the proposal that was made. And so myself and this other friend of mine, Pete McDonald, also shaved his head in solidarity. So yeah, dumb, drunk, stupid, and... But yeah, showing, so, and but I looked like like I looked like a thug because yeah, I'm I, I'm a large man with a shaved head, and back in 1990, if you were a large man with a shaved head, you looked like you were part of the Aryan nation or the Aryan brotherhood. <laughs> yeah, and Pete and I used to go. Pete was also a large guy, so when we did it, you know, it was a couple of weeks before university. We were still going out, you know, going out in bars and stuff. And when Pete and I would walk into bars together, people literally would like, look at us like, is there going to be trouble? Like, what's going to, so yes, I looked like a thug. And carry that into your first year of grad school, going to grad school, walking into my graduate classes, which are only seven or eight people. I look like, yes, this shaved thug. Well. Okay, so we've
0: established that, and that that actually made things much easier for me to say goodbye (laughs) when we were going out for dinner, and I was eating olives out of this little dish, and I was looking at PJ's head, and I'm like, he looks like an olive. But the whole last night, I mean, obviously, it was was difficult, because I knew I was going to say goodbye, even though there was an exciting adventure waiting ahead. For both. For both of us, but I didn't really care what was waiting ahead for him. I was kind of (laughs) excited about myself. But my father, who I adored, uh, had just had a stroke before I left. And it was very th- those are complex emotions to process at the age of you know any age, but also at the age of twenty one when you're living away and you're about to go to another continent because it's really the first time I had to deal with my my parents' immortality or anyone's immortality that I really cared about, so that night was was heavy for me and uh, after dinner, we went back to p j s apartment, which had been completely emptied except for a mattress, mattress lying on, the, on floor. the floor yeah. And we were sleeping on the mattress on the floor, and the streetlight the street was just hitting his bald head. And I thought, <laughs> I can't – I just got up and left. In my mind, I was like, see you later, bald PJ. Like, he made it very easy to – sayonara. So that was it. And, and it was really, as I said, a clean break because we didn't have any contact information. No, there
1: was no – Facebook or email to, okay, well, I still have this contact information. I know I had your parents' but they moved. phone, yeah, but they had moved. But at least I knew, you know, you could, back in those days, you would phone information and say, can I have the number for so-and-so? Their old number was this. And oh. that's how you found... That was the old form of Google.
0: But the funny part for me is that I don't know why I thought physically saying goodbye and physically leaving Canada would leave my emotions with that part of the world and I would start anew and afresh in France because every day I was in France, I still thought about PJ. And when you look at my journals, it's just just embarrassing. PJ, 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 PJ. I really did try to be this mature person who was off seeing the world and learning a new, well, not learning a new language, but in the end, I ended up calling him, which was a really difficult task at that time because I had to call from a French phone from the dean's office, which I think I told him it was an emergency. I had to call home. I was literally in the it's middle an of an emergency it. love call. It was in the middle I of it. I to a, call him. I was in an English literature course, and it was something that there was something written about love, and I thought I have to leave the class and excuse myself and go to the dean's office, make up a reason to call PJ. And I called an international operator, and finally I got through, and he picked up. And it was really, I was so mad at myself for calling because- Was I in Montreal then at this time? Yeah, you were at grad okay. school. So I was just mad. At, I was disappointed at myself that I could never, every time I had this definitive, no, it's over. I don't, he's out of my life. No. Then something would spark me and I would think, oh, it's a sign and I need to call him.
1: Just like a junkie. he needed a piece of that oh. sweet, sweet PJ.
0: So I did break down and call him and that will be this week's- But
1: before you leave- I'm not going uh, on my uh, t- s- side of the story as well, I kept thinking of Nancy as well. I, When she left, I felt the same way. I was like, well, there's no way to keep in contact where this is a definitive breakup. But much to my surprise, I kept thinking about her all the time.
0: Dreams. The dreams were terrible. Yeah. The dreams
1: were sad. We should talk about the dreams the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because the we dreams were fair. bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Anyway.
0: So I did break down and call him. And this, uh, to end every episode, we always pick a fun journal entry. Um, this one, I think, is November 18th, 1990. And again, even though I am a professional journalist, please don't hold that against me as PJ reads my words. So
1: Nancy's now in the south of France when she writes this. And she just phoned me. I'm in Montreal doing grad school. And Nancy writes, well, I finally talked to PJ. I feel really strange, almost like I am weak for breaking down. I guess I'm surprised that he's seeing a Chiquita, which I guess was a, you were seeing a someone, woman. I? I was seeing somebody. Yeah, we all get along with our lives. I did not. Uh, really? You weren't? I wasn't seeing anybody. But did you have? No. Nothing. Okay. Um, I thought I would feel more dependent on him after I talked to him. I've realized how much I've grown up, at least as far as feeling secure with myself.
0: This is only two months after I've left Canada, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really grown up. Two months and totally grown
1: up. Uh, I don't know if things would ever work out seriously again. It seems like it was a once in a lifetime thing. I don't know if it was a good idea to invite him to the wedding.
0: My sister was getting married, I just found out, so I invited PJ to a wedding the following year. Yeah, so this was like this was s- just an excuse seven to call. months yeah. away. Just an excuse to call.
1: <laughs> Nail down the date.. Yeah. Uh, I don't think my family will be too impressed, but I'll see what happens when I go home in January. It was so nice to actually talk to him. He sounds so much the same. Living in a dream world. Writing, acting, wants so hard to be out of school, even though that's all he bitched about for a year. Yeah, so as soon as I got into grad school, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. But I'll talk about that later. He seems so unstable at times. Yes, at all times, I am unstable even now. Or maybe it's because I feel so much more secure about myself with him. He asked me right away if I was seeing anyone. Of course I did, because I still liked you. Uh, he asked me right away if I was seeing anyone, so of course I wonder if he still cares. Duh. But he was so much nicer than I expected him to be. Only time will work things out, though, I, and I know it. I wish I could meet a guy so badly.
0: So that's all for this episode. Next episode, we will look at what happens when I return from France and if PJ comes through or not. Mm. But thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a complimentary project to our manuscript, Nancy and PJ Learn French. If you want to check out more, you can see nancyandpj.com. A huge round of applause to Dustin, Isaac, and Alyssa at Life's Tough Media. If you like what you hear, please share this podcast with your friends or get in touch with us if you have two different versions of a story to share. In our next episode, Nancy returns from France and find out if PJ steps up to the plate.